Well, I want to continue today on the uh, topic of Holy Spirit. And really, my heart's intent is that um, we would have expanded understanding, a greater understanding of who Holy Spirit is, how he works um, in our lives and upon the earth. And so touching on different aspects of the Holy Spirit, um, one of the things that Paul, the apostle, talks about and uh, in 2 Corinthians, and I don't have this on the screen for you, but let me just go here first. And he, he prays this prayer, basically, in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, and he says, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. May the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Apostle Paul had revelation of the blessed Trinity. And what you see here is the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in perfect harmony and union. But Paul makes clear this wonderful, blessed privilege we have to be in fellowship with the Holy Spirit, precisely as Jesus said would happen when I go and send to the Father, I will send the Spirit. And actually, we have a scripture that says the Father will send the Spirit. Jesus said, I will ask the Father to send the Spirit. Then Jesus said at another place in John 16, I will send the Spirit. The point is, they were all in a harmonious relationship, so both are cracked, okay? So Holy Spirit has come, but Paul says, I want you to be in fellowship. Um, Koinonia is the term that's translated in Scripture often as fellowship. It's also translated other things. We're not going to do a word study on today, but it's a wonderful study, and we've, we've done some teaching on that. But it really means to have close association and the sharing of mutual interests. I want you to grab hold of that one, the sharing of mutual interests. So my heart's intent in spending these weeks and weeks on the Holy Spirit, and we're coming at it from different standpoints and trying to have a better grasp on who Holy Spirit is and how he works, is that ultimately, so that ultimately, we can have a more intimate place of the sharing of mutual interests, because that's precisely why Holy Spirit is here. We have this union with Christ by the Holy Spirit, and so he wants us to be a fellowship. We are seated together with Christ in heavenly places. You say, oh, well, that's just kind of a nice little metaphor. No, there is a reality to it because of the union that we have. It's spirit. And, and therefore, we don't have to be there in flesh and blood to have this connection and to have this intimacy of fellowship. So that's ultimately the purpose of what I'm hoping for is that the greater understanding we have of Holy Spirit, that we can ultimately have the sharing of mutual interests. I'm interested in the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and their thoughts, right? As you are. Aren't we interested? And we want to kind of know. And Jesus said, Holy Spirit will disclose to you, to me, to us as humanity, what's in the heart of the Father. We're, we, we can have the inside scoop. And, and that, that's the work of the Holy Spirit. Because Father says, I want you to share in these mutual interests. 
because nobody is more interested in my life, your life, our lives as humans than Father God and the Son and Holy Spirit. They have our best interests in mind. And we, with our hearts, are worshiping today because we so believe in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we have this union, and we get to just move together throughout life. Now, granted, not every day do we always feel that. That doesn't make it any less true. How I feel in any given day, and to whatever degree of disconnect I may feel emotionally or think with my mind, does not negate the reality of the connectedness that we have. Right? Right. Fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Now, let's let's get the bigger picture, and then we're going to kind of zoom in a little bit. Okay, so let's remember. God the Father, Christ the Son, and Holy Spirit have eternally existed before the creation of the universe and the earth, and they have never known anything but perfect union and perfect love. Now, all things exist within Christ the Creator. I have this one for you. All things exist within Christ the Creator. He never excludes that which he creates and holds together. Never forget that. It is a lie of the devil to ever to plant a seed thought that somehow God excludes or disregards anything that he has created. It's a part of himself. You think God's going to take a part of himself and cast it aside? Absolutely not. He does not exclude. Creation came from within the life of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I love the scripture so much. Verse 13 First uh, Colossians, he has rescued us from the domain of darkness, transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, forgiveness of sin. He, Christ now, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him, all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. I think we pretty well covered all, right? All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things and in him all. Everybody say all things hold together. Oh, we see this throughout scripture. This is so essential. You cannot fully appreciate the ministry of Holy Spirit without understanding this as a foundation stone. All things exist within Christ, and he holds all things together. And so there is just absolutely perfect love, perfect mercy. I love the Psalms again and again. His love endures forever. We have songs that we sing about his mercy endures forever. He is the God, and what what does God do? The nature of God is to create, and then because of death and sin that entered the world... He has been doing what? Through Christ has been restoring hearts. And it's his nature to restore all things. 
Why do you think that even in the very end, at the end of the book, we see the restoration of heaven and earth, a refurbishing, a restoration, because God says, I'm not going to just cast the earth away and uh, maybe I'll make a new one, a new planet. Well, he's got all kinds of planets going on out there. and There's new ones being created every day, of course, <clears throat> as the universe continues to grow. But he really wants to restore that he's a God of restoration. We give personal testimony of that, right? And there's so many people that have and are giving testimony today. But that's the kind of God we have. Remember this, that Jesus Christ holds the keys to death and hell. He's in charge. He conquered death and hell. And in one really sense, they don't even exist because he's already dealt with it. Now, there's existence of, of, of sorts yet that we're still experiencing the consequences of death and such. But, but Jesus holds a key. He, he's got all this thing. He's going to have it all wrapped up and bring restoration. Now, let's talk a little bit more about Holy Spirit. He's a person uh, with a personality. Let's remember he's not a commodity. It's because, And I say that because sometimes because of, we have to understand biblical metaphors. Biblical metaphors like be filled with the Holy Spirit. How many of you know I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit? I know you do. But it can almost sound like Holy Spirit may be like a liquid or a commodity or something you can just kind of pour, right? And, and like water, okay? But let's remember that he's not. It's a metaphor to, to uh, know that, that, that God wants, he, he wants to saturate every cell of our being, every part of our being with his presence. So he is a person. Holy Spirit is the power and the essence of both the Father and the Son. The Holy Spirit is the shared life and the love within the union of the Father and Christ Jesus. So the privilege that we have to be temples of the Holy Spirit, oh my goodness, you see this beautiful un union that we have, you know? There's a connectedness that God has with all people, but people who turn their hearts towards the living God and turn their hearts, submit their lives to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, take on a place of intimacy. We call that salvation. Have a place of intimacy in communion and fellowship with Holy Spirit. And some of you remember before and now. It's a big difference. Now, here's what's interesting, though. Humankind has always been influenced by Holy Spirit since creation. Okay? In the Old Testament, we have Genesis 41. Holy Spirit was in Joseph. Um, Numbers 27, and it states it this way. Holy Spirit was in Joshua. Daniel, the Holy Spirit was in Daniel. In Exodus, Holy Spirit filled Bezalel, gave supernatural ability to lead the craftsmen who worked on the tabernacle of Moses. And then in Numbers and Judges and 1 Samuel, you, what you see is the Holy Spirit coming on all of Israel, believers and unbelievers. So Holy Spirit has been on the move and has been on the loose. He's been working for all these eons of time. And in Isaiah, you see where the Holy Spirit ministers to entire people group. Judges, you see how the Holy Spirit empowered Samson and then kind of lifted and went from him. Interesting. First Samuel, we see the same thing with Saul. Holy Spirit on him and then he left him. 
So it's interesting that we see this measure of grace and manifestation of Holy Spirit all throughout the Old Testament, okay? And he was very present because even in the Old Covenant, we see um, people being forgiven of sin. All throughout the Old Scripture, God, God is always forgiven. That didn't start at the cross, by the way. Healing, people were healed all throughout the Old Testament Scriptures, how did that happen? It had to happen by the, by the Spirit, the will of the Father and by the Spirit. There, we, we see all example after example after example of miracles and supernatural provision throughout the Old Testament. So Holy Spirit has always been at work. But in the New Testament, there's a shift that happens, and it was prophesied in the Old Testament in Joel, and we've talked about that weeks ago. We went through all these passages. But it was prophesied that there would come another dimension of fellowship and intimacy with the, whole, with, with the Holy Spirit. There's really fellowship and intimacy with God the Father, Christ the Son, by the Holy Spirit, okay? It all happened, though, through the work and ministry of Christ in his incarnation, in his death, in his resurrection, and in his ascension. And, and, and Jesus promised, he said, I'm going to go, but I'm going to send the Spirit and um, then on the day of Pentecost, he said, I want you to go to wait until you're endued with power from on high. Acts uh, chapter 1, he, he gives some instruction there. Acts chapter 2, we have the actual Pentecost, the day of Pentecost. And there were people gathered. It's one of the three great feasts for the Jews. And so the people were gathered from all over the ends of the known world at that time. Um, and, and they were gathered there in Jerusalem. And there was what was known as the outpouring and where Peter gets up and all this stuff is happening, this supernatural encounter is happening. And Peter said, this is that which the prophet Joel has spoken. And he quotes Joel chapter 2 and, and verse 28 there. This outpouring. And Peter cites, recites Joel chapter 2 there. Precisely when he said, "Is thou this outpouring is upon all people, all flesh, all people, uniquely different." So we have the Holy Spirit interacting with people, and by the design of the Father, at the will of the Father, the Holy Spirit would come and rest on some. He would come and be within uh, Joshua and such to, to in part to accomplish His purposes. Joshua being a leader of the people of Israel, he needed, he needed the spirit from within to be able to, to um, um, make way for the people to pursue the will of God on that. But the promise of the New Testament that all people would be flooded with the Holy Spirit. Those, now obviously, who believe, whose eyes are open and believe in Christ, take on a place of intimacy with God in Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit that cannot be otherwise experienced. And there is a level of fellowship and intimacy that happens for those who turn their hearts, repent, turn away from the world, and turn towards Christ and confess him as Lord. There is this intimacy of relationship. However, spirit, though, is still present in a similar fashion as the Old Testament, except now it says with all people, the Holy Spirit is with. Jesus said that to the disciples. He said, the Holy Spirit has been with you, but he will be 
in you. That's kind of interesting, isn't it? Now, Jesus said in John 16, 13, for when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth for he will not speak on his own for whatever he hears, he will speak. He will disclose to you what is come or what is to come. Okay. And this is one of the privilege that those who simply believe those whose hearts are turned and surrendered to the Lordship of Christ. Oh my goodness. We're so privileged to be able to have this interaction with Father by the Holy Spirit and to actually kind of be in the know as to what is going on. You know, for example, if you, if you find yourself in circumstances and you're reacting, you know, and you get your head in gear, well, I don't know about this, I don't think that, or I don't like, or I do like this. What if we were just stop and say, Father... In the name of Christ and by your spirit, would you, would you kind of help me understand kind of what, what you are doing in the midst of this right now? Because I'm act, reacting and about to act, and I don't know if my acting out will be very good. So can you help me sort through? Give me some peace in this process and help me sort through. Now you're saying, duh, Galen, we all know that. And I'm sure you do that every time, right? just like I do most times. <laughs> and sometimes I literally have to just stop and remind myself, okay, chill out now. Okay, okay, hold it. God's with you. Holy Spirit is here. What, what if I were to ask? He said he would disclose to me and help me process, help me find peace at least in process, even if I don't know the end from the beginning. So the Holy Spirit is at work with all people. Now, people have different different levels of interaction. Many people don't even know anything, have any understanding about Holy Spirit. Who do you suppose is at work that will bring them to understanding and point that person to Christ? Holy Spirit. And he does it because there's already a connection of sorts. So it's the Holy Spirit that has this way of, of gaining the attention of people's hearts to turn towards Christ, to turn towards truth, to turn towards the source of our strength and what we need in life circumstances. He has a way of gaining attention. Um, some of the ways are, I, I just wrote down a few of them. Holy Spirit gains the attention of people sometimes in dreams and visions. Have any of you have what you feel like maybe God was communicating to you recently in a dream or a vision? Anyone here in the room? Yeah? Yeah, look here. There's seven, eight, seven, eight of you. Yeah? Uh, I have myself two times in the last week, okay? Um, I awaken and it's like, oh, I think God was communicating to me. And then uh, I didn't know exactly at first what he was saying but he got my attention uh, through dreams and vision. Someone just shared with me just how that last night uh, before the service, a dream and through dream there was. And the dream wasn't directly like an enlightenment, but it got the attention and, and, and F makes way for Holy Spirit to begin to communicate on these things. I think it would be good for us. Danette and I honestly don't do this all the time. 
there was a time when we kind of did, and we kind of just forgot about it. But I think we should get back to it again. And, uh, but when that is, is before we go to sleep, it's just pray and say, Lord, thank you for communicating to us in dreams tonight. If that's your will, then show us in dreams. Communicate to us. Be a good prayer, right? Do any of you pray that way every night? I don't know. Yeah? Yeah? Yeah. So I have my senior that I kind of do, and then I, I haven't for a little while, to tell you the truth. So, um, but I just think things like that are very good. Thank you for communicating. She dreams and visions. I mean, why do we need that? I have my Bible. Yes, we love the scriptures. But how many of you know all through scriptures from Genesis to Revelation is filled with examples of dreams and visions? And the scripture talks and, and promises us that that is one of the ways that the Holy Spirit will communicate. Joel chapter 2 and, and then Peter recited it in Acts chapter 2. The Holy Spirit gains the attention of people through even manifestations of angels. The angelic realm. You know, the invisible, in many ways, is more real than the visible. Okay? Um, anything that we can touch and feel and all of that is going to kind of like pass away. And that you have the invisible, you have the angelic realm. All through scriptures, angels are messengers of God. Angels show up. We love when there's certain angels that show up around here at times in our church. And some of you see the angels at work. Some of you see the angels on the platforms here at times. We see them in different parts of the building. You see them in homes and such. Okay? I think that the Lord wants to increase our awareness. This is all a, partings of the, all a part of the ways that God works in our lives by his spirit. And he works in cooperation with angels. Sometimes angels actually appear as fellow human beings. And uh, you can be caught unaware, if you will, um, and not realize that God may have an angel and it just looks like another person until you turn around and all of a sudden they're van- they vanished. I've heard several of you have those stories and it's like you were just talking to somebody and you went like this and they're gone. And nobody was walking out of a room. They've just like disappeared and such. That's another way that God communicates. He, he, he communicates by bringing a, a, a thought to mind about other people. Oh, this is something that I've really, really worked on and, pay, and paying attention to over quite a few years now because I've become so aware over time that when Holy Spirit brings um, one of you, for example, to my mind or another person to mind, it's not just a random thing going through my head. It's just like there's something I need to pay attention to. And so uh, now and then I feel impressed. I need to make a call or I'll shoot a text message. Or I just pause and pray and ask the Lord or tell, ask the Lord just to, to, to bless you or something that way. And I know some of you do it because I get a text message from you now and then or a phone call. Hey, Scalin, man, you just on my heart today. My brother, I just... Uh, I just felt like I was praying for you. And I'm like, wow, that's so refreshing. Because this is a part of the communion and the fellowship, the koinonia with the Holy Spirit. And, and it's about the sharing of mutual interests. And that's part of the Holy Spirit that brings the bonds of relationship. And he brings to our minds other people. So this is just like practical stuff, guys, that we can implement every day of our lives. You use this in business. The same principles all apply in business too. If you just have this sense of, uh, of knowing uh, like 
and, you, and, and somebody's name comes to mind and it's a, a business associate or somebody you do business with or something, you know, just know, you know, don't, don't take it lightly. You may need to stop and just kind of pray and say, God, what are you saying here? I don't know. Do I need to make a call? Do I need to shoot an email out? Do I need to do a text or whatever? See, it's beautiful. Um, so I think that we can probably all grow some degree in these areas, right? And it increases our level of fellowship with Holy Spirit and with one another because we're all connected in Christ by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gains the attention of the lost through people who share good news. Here's a cool report. Once a month, there's a group of us pastors from different parts of the state that get together on a Zoom call. And we've been doing this for about 15 years now or more. And uh, this week, uh, a good pastor friend of mine in Medford... Dan, and uh, he shared a story that happened just um, six weeks earlier, six weeks earlier, and Dan is one of these guys that goes out and leads people to encounters with Christ every week, multiple individuals, maybe go up to a mall, he'll be driving down the road, he feels a nudge of the Holy Spirit, he pulls over, walks up to the person, and strikes up a conversation, and again and again and again, the individual says, yeah, I want to pray to receive Christ, you know. And uh, just some amazing stories of uh, life transformation. So they have a a, a group in their church, kind of they call them like evangelists because it's their heart to really go and to share the gospel. So one of their evangelists went down to the river and an area where people fish regularly, and Across the other side, he noticed a young man was fishing, and he had two vicious dogs by him that were raising a ruckus because he appeared on the bank here on the other side. So the evangelist said he had to raise his voice because of the noise of the dogs and the water running, and and he began to engage in conversation with the guy across the stream, and he shared the gospel with it. This guy has a meltdown and starts crying his eyes out on the bank of the river. And he winds up calling upon the Lord for his own personal encounter of salvation. And <clears throat> just because the, the, the evangelist felt like he needed to go down to the river that day. Well, the guy, as of last, we see we connected on Wednesday. As of when, last Wednesday, the last five Sunday mornings, this guy has been in church. And he comes to church and balls his eyes out every day. He can't believe how good God is. And it is, he has experienced the salvation of the Lord. All because somebody felt impressed. I'm going to go down to the river. Isn't that cool? I just had to share that with you. That really encouraged me. And Dan always has these stories every month. We're like, hey, Dan. Give us another great story because we got to get encouraged. You know, he does these things all the time. Well, that kind of brought back multiple incidences in my life where, where I actually did something along that line, you know. I'm not, that's not something I excel at at all, to tell you the truth. I don't. I mean, the thing of, with people I know, but, you know, going up to strangers and such, I don't know. I, I'm kind of chicken sometimes. How many of you guys just naturally go do that really easy? I know some people do, but I'm, I'm a little, I, I don't know. Every now and then, though, I, there's something happens in me, and I know it's the Holy Spirit, and I just go do it, and it usually turns out pretty cool, you know. Years ago, I was a part of a bowling team, 
not because I was good, but uh, they just needed another person. And so they invited me. I think they may have regretted it, but it took me a, a while to get onto it. But anyhow, as part of this bowling team, so Monday nights our league would uh, play here in McMinnville. And, and every Monday night after we were done, us guys, we would, we'd go down to Sambos. How many of you remember Sambos? Yeah. Yeah. Now we know your age, at least. And uh, went to Sambos. <clears throat> it's now IHOP. Okay. And we would go down there and eat. And so one night after we ate together, somewhere around probably around 10.30, I think we get done bowling about 9.30, and about 10.30 we were done, and I was headed towards home. And at that time, um, uh, I lived about 15 miles out from here, out in the country, and I was headed out, went out three-mile lane past the airport, and I got past the airport, and I heard the Holy Spirit say, stop, turn around, go back to Sambles. There's a young lady that's going to be there that needs help. And I'm like, oh, okay. I was very, very tired, and uh, it was the last thing on my mind, and I wasn't, like, praying in the spirit or anything. I wasn't, like, being really spiritual, you know? You know, those moments when you feel like you're just, like, so filled with God, and you're just, like, hoping you're going to have a, a major God encounter with a cool ending, right? And then it doesn't happen. But anyhow, this, I had no expectation. So I turn around, I drive back, and so I walk into Sambles, and the only two people there are a couple older gentlemen sitting up at the counter. And they're up there talking and acting. And so I thought, well, what do I do? So I slipped up to the other end of the counter. I'd already eaten, and I didn't want to drink any more coffee, so I ordered a hot chocolate. Now I'm waiting. Now I'm waiting to see if I actually heard God or not. Right? So I'm waiting, waiting, waiting. Ten minutes go by. 15 minutes, so somewhere past the 15-minute mark, because I remember looking at my watch, and it's already been 15 minutes, a young lady walks in, a 19-year-old walks in, all um, in shambles and bedraggled and absolutely in trauma, full-on trauma, and she walks in, and then she takes a seat at by out of the window there by a booth, and so um, <clears throat> the guy serving went over and got her some coffee, and, uh, and anyhow, so... I, I waited for just a bit, and she kind of settled in a bit, and then I walked over and asked if, uh, introduced myself, said, here's my name and such, and may I just sit down just for a minute, and I did, and uh, come to find out that she was she had just fled an abusive boyfriend just down the road a ways in a neighboring town, and uh, on her way, uh, and she was ready to enter life, and so on her way to town, um, at the train trestle out on the northeast end of town, she tried to drive her car into the abutment there of the trestle that goes over the highway. And um, she said, I went and turned my car into the abutment because I wanted to end it all. I couldn't handle life anymore. And she said a voice spoke to her. She, she said, something grabbed my wheel and turned, and a voice spoke to her and said, go to Sambos. So she said, that's why I'm here. I said, well, I had an experience that I was on my way home, and I said, God said to come back here. So I said, it looks like maybe maybe there's something we can talk about if you like. And so she talks and stuff. But after about 30 minutes of listening to all her pain and trauma, was a privilege to be able to to lead her to a place where she really embraced Jesus Christ, and she was at the most low point of her life. And um, next Sunday morning, she was in our church, and fellowshiped with our church for several months until she moved away to Colorado, but moved away with the joy of the Lord in her heart, you know. 
I almost talked myself out of it, turning around and going back, right? I almost did, but I just had this sense, I can't do that. This is, this is something. So God, God does these things all the time. Now, I know some of you guys have all kinds of stories like those, and they're really great stories to share together sometimes because it encourages each other. And every time I hear you share a story of where Holy Spirit spoke to you about sharing Christ with someone else, I always get freshly stirred. And it, 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 it really helps me to realize, look, I carry the presence of God with me. I'm so privileged to have fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And I'm not always as close and, and in a way that I can be. Sometimes my heart can drift, my mind can drift and such. But, but, but the Lord doesn't... Um, disregard me. He doesn't discard, I should say, um, but rather just stays with me. So when we share these kind of stories, um, it can help. So anyhow, I try a lot of the stories I uh, don't share about current times because we all live in a pretty close community here and such. So I try to really, really be careful and and uh, honorable in that regard. Uh, sometimes people have these things, encounters where God will tell them to pick up a Bible and they've never had a Bible before in their hand and God will use the scriptures, you know. Um, some years ago, we had a, a young couple that showed up in church one Sunday morning. It was a boyfriend and girlfriend. And um, before the service, he said um, to me, uh, told me a bit of his story and he wanted to share it with everybody. And so... I kind of weighed that one out. I thought, okay, yeah, this this will work. And so he, his girlfriend lived here uh, in the community area, and he lived up near Portland. He wanted to see his girlfriend and spend a little time together. And so he drove out on a Saturday evening, picked her up at his house, and they went over to the Safari Hotel and checked in for some romantic time together. Well, after they had some time together, he said, I was sitting there and I felt directed to open the drawer of the dresser. I opened the drawer and there's a Gideon Bible. Thank God for the Gideons, right? And uh, he says, I opened the Bible and it happened to be this place called Gospel of John. I said, yeah. And then what happened? And he said, I was, oh, I'm reading this. And all of a sudden he says, I just feel this like something in the room and something happening in me. He says, and I kneel down beside the bed and he says, I surrender my life to Jesus Christ. I don't even know what all that means. But he says, something happened. I'm different. Then my girlfriend, she felt the same thing. She gets on her knees beside me, and she says, yes, God. So here we are this morning. What do we do now? Thank God for the Gideons. Now, here's a good one. Was it the Holy Spirit that sent him to the hotel? Ah. So they came in filled with the joy of Jesus, and we had a wonderful time. I got the disciple, those young two, and they got married, got to marry him, and uh, they went on, and they moved out of state to, um, oh, up to Washington State uh, for, for a job and such. And last I had heard from them, they were just really doing well walking with the Lord. Don't you love how God works by his spirit? Remember, the Holy Spirit is the shared life and love within the union of the Father and Son. 
and I got to kind of wrap up here now, but in the, in this incarnation, when Jesus, the son of God became human, remember this, it was the Holy Spirit who accompanied Jesus into our great delusion, our sin and darkness. Remember, Jesus is light. When is light recognized? When is light seen? In darkness. See, sometimes we got this wrong concept that God is so afraid of human sin that he can't handle it. He has to stay away from it. Quite the contrary, guys. We just got to go to the scriptures. Where did he do? When he came, he became human, took on human nature. And in his human nature, although he never sinned, he understands the pulls of death and sin at us. He felt the pulling of it, but he could never sin because he actually was God. Therefore, he didn't have the actual capacity to sin, but he can relate with us, the scripture says, in all points. So in becoming human, okay, he enters the very darkest place of, the, of humanity in relating with us so that when he goes to the cross, he does what? He has assumed all of our sin at the cross to the extent that he became sin. Second Corinthians chapter 5, there about verse 20. He literally became sin, but he had not personally participated in sin. Why? So that we could be rescued and so that the power of death and evil could be broken over our lives. This is our Lord. The Holy Spirit, though, accompanied Christ into our sin and our delusion. From the within the darkness of our minds and souls, from within the darkness. Sometimes, I don't know where, but I know so many Christians have this, and I had it too because this kind of was my understanding growing up, and I don't know where I had this distorted thought or where it came from. But it's very real today because I hear when people talk about it. I, I thought maybe the Holy Spirit, he's just hanging out alone because he can't get close to us because we're so sinful and evil that he has to hang out here and kind of throw a few nice thoughts our way. And, and then once we have these thoughts that come to our mind that kind of lob them over to us, hey, get a hint, get a, get a hint, you know, uh, you're, you're pretty down low life sinner and you need Jesus and uh, uh, you need to get a clue, you need to repent, let me lob another thought your way. That's not how it is. He comes by his spirit who is with us and he works on the inner part of us. Yes, and he brings thoughts to mind to turn our lives towards Jesus so that we can experience his blessed salvation, of the salvation of our Lord. Now, I gotta read you this scripture. Paul said in Galatians 1, 13 to 16, for you have heard of my former way of life in Judaism, how I used to persecute the church beyond measure and tried to destroy it. And I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my contemporaries among my countrymen being more extremely zealous for my ancestral traditions. But when he who had set me apart in my mother's womb, there's this Holy Spirit working in his mother's womb. They didn't even believe in Jesus. He had, Jesus hadn't, they had no understanding at all that Jesus was a Messiah. 
But in his mother's womb, he was set apart and he was called of God by the Holy Spirit through his grace was pleased to reveal his son in me. Paul's going down the road. He's going to persecute Christians. Acts chapter 9. Go read about it. We call it, you know, the road to Damascus thing. And so here he is, and he has this encounter. But the Spirit of God revealed Christ. God was working with him all along since his mother's womb. God was working how? By Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit wasn't way out here somewhere that just kind of lobbed some thoughts. The Holy Spirit was at work all the time within his own mother in his womb, calling him, shaping his life. And then that's why Paul said the, 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 he, uh, he, by his grace, he was pleased to reveal his son in me. Oh, he came alive. Paul had never been separated from the Spirit. The Spirit was with him in the womb. Even when he was persecuted, and even in his darkest times of evil, Holy Spirit was with Paul. And we go, well, why doesn't the Holy Spirit just change it and stop that stuff? I'm with you. It's like God gives us some free rope because there is this thing of our own will and relationship. God, his love, his love doesn't, doesn't uh, force us, but his love is compelling, and eventually the love of God broke through by the Holy Spirit and he has this encounter on the road. He's smitten by a blinding light. For Paul, that's what it took. He didn't hear the still small voice of the Spirit at that time. It took a blinding light. He had to get knocked down and literally be physically blind for three days. And it was in that darkness that Christ reveals himself. So guys, let us never become disheartened when we see evil or somebody who is just like so preoccupied with the things of this flesh or even even it feels like they're preoccupied with evil doings and such. Um, let's don't become disheartened. Let's just pray for the revelation of Christ Jesus in their heart by the Holy Ghost, by the Spirit. Just keep the prayers on because God really honors our prayer. Well, all of this happened because God was in Christ when he came to earth as was the Holy Spirit in Christ in all of his life and ministry and going to the cross. And what Jesus did on the cross, get this, not only happened for us, but happened to us and happened with us by presence of the Holy Spirit. Happened with us as humankind. Holy Spirit was not an observer at the cross. We know the scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 there. For God was in Christ. And we know that wherever Christ is, there's the Spirit, where the Father, the Spirit, they always work in, in, in harmony together. Now, let me just show you this real quick. Jesus has always moved in union with the Spirit. One, the Spirit was present in conception. It was present at his baptism. Number three, the Spirit was present in the 40 days of testing in the wilderness. The Spirit was present in his earthly ministry. The Spirit was present in his death, Hebrews 9. The Spirit was present in his resurrection. It was this, Romans chapter 8 talks about the Spirit that raised Christ from the dead. And so Holy Spirit was united with Christ and the Father when Jesus entered the delusion and sinful condition of humanity. God 
can handle the sin. He's not going to go, oh, that is too gross for me. He can handle it. He's not offended by that, okay? His heart aches for us, and he comes close when he sees us snared by the enemy of our soul. The Holy Spirit was present with all of humanity as we died with Christ and were raised with him. Oh, all the beautiful scriptures with that. Romans chapter 6, 1 Peter 1. And so there's this Holy Spirit connection all through our lives. And I'm going to end right there today. And on another day, a sunny day or a rainy day, if one comes, um, we'll talk more about the Holy Spirit. What we want to do, though, is have increased intimacy with Holy Spirit, recognizing every day he's with me, he's in me, and as one who has surrendered to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, oh, he promises that I want to disclose the heart of the Father. I, I want to be just very real, and that can be so important in our family life, our marriages, our business, our, our social connections. We just want to have this close communion because there's mutual interest. The Holy Spirit is interested in your calling, your desires, and what you spend your time doing in your life. He's interested in you. And you have to walk around all the time, okay, Holy Spirit, do I have permission to do this or that? If there's something that the Holy Spirit doesn't want you to participate with, you'll know. You'll, you can feel something. Like, ah, I think I probably, I'll pass on that. Cool, see? But there's mutual interest. He's interested in you, and you're interested in him. It's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing. And so we can rejoice in knowing the Spirit is with us. Let's stand up together. Father, our simple prayer is um, well, thank you, Father, for sending your Son, Jesus Christ, and for sending the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we acknowledge you, that you are the shared life of the Father and the Son and abiding within us. And so we yield and surrender to the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. And we thank you for divine interaction and fellowship today and each day of our lives. While we're in our homes, in our family relationships, may, may we make way for Holy Spirit activity and communion and fellowship. And when we're in our jobs, in our businesses, help us just to be very, uh, have an awareness of the presence of Holy Spirit. And so we say thank you, God for leading us and guiding us into all truth. In the name of Jesus, amen.